Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, that all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you're listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the talk. Welcome everyone to Live Dharma Sunday for November 29th, 2020. Koyo Kubosi here. So very, very glad you joined us. Yes, indeed. The last Sunday in November. It seems like a long time since I last talked to uh, Live Dharma Sunday program. And uh, time is sometime goes into a warp or something. But uh, I know that uh, records and notes, I know that uh, I did speak last week, and I remember hearing um, the guest to give us a Dharma glimpse, talked about a banana plant, and that reminded me of a couple of plant stories that are favorites of mine. Um, One was about... The morning glory um, blossom story. These are, this was one time I was walking my dog, and it was early Sunday morning. You know how those early weekend mornings, especially Sunday mornings, are kind of special? Uh, the world is not up yet. Things are not bustling. and Especially if, if you work, of course, then the weekends are, 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 are special. But it was a nice day, and I was just walking the dog early and pulled me over to the edge of this uh, empty lot. And uh, it's one morning glory. And you know how morning glories blossom. They, they, they spread their petals out to the sky, and they're, you know, opened up at nobody's business. And when I saw that, I took my breath away. And, and then the, the next thought I had was, oh, morning glory, you're blossoming so 100%, and nobody's here to watch you or see you or appreciate you. But as soon as I said that, I knew that didn't matter to the morning glory. He doesn't care if anybody sees him or her, and uh, uh, it's doing its thing, blossoming 100%. Why don't we live like that? Why don't I live like that? Okay. 
instead of making things so complicated in terms of, well, am I appreciated or blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Now, my second (laughs) favorite plant story is the avocado plant. Now, this story uh, uh, started with we had an avocado and uh, we ate the avocado, but when you cut it, the seed was big. And I remember, this is some decades ago, but I said, wow, look at this big avocado seed. And so I did like, <laughs> culturally, we knew how, what to do in the 60s and 70s where you stuck four toothpicks into that big avocado seed and you put it into a mayonnaise jar filled with water. And uh, sure enough, some roots would grow and shoots would come up and and then you could transplant this uh, into a pot and I did and it was about maybe uh, six inches high and it had about four bright shiny green leaves there and I had put it on the kitchen counter and I said mm, I'm gonna put it out in the garden you know pretty soon but you know what? We had a cat, and I found out that cats are good gardeners. Uh, I came into the kitchen the next day, and the cat had eaten the top of the avocado plant. The leaves were still there. He just, for some reason, just chewed off the the stem, and it was, and the rest of the plant looked like a a chopstick just stuck into the pot, you know, just the stem and the leaves were on the ground, well, on the side of the side of the plant. I said, oh, man, the cat <laughs> didn't even eat the leaves, but he just chewed that thing. I said, oh, well. So I just set it outside in the backyard. A couple of weeks later, my wife Adrian said, Hey, have you seen your avocado plant lately? I said, no, I'll go take a look. And I took a look and I I was stunned because what used to be just uh, like a chopstick stuck in the pot from the top of the stalk or stem, it had grown out from the side and then up. It was like, oh, I got chopped off. Well, I'm still alive. And he didn't grow where he was cut off, but from right from the side, right below it, came out and then grew up and had some, you know, stems and branches and leaves. And I said, wow, what a testament to the, you know, power of nature, life. Okay. Uh, it was almost like you know you beheaded this avocado plant, and, but it, it wasn't fatal. The life force, and it looked kind of like a strange plant, avocado plant, because the stem came out sideways from the top there and grew up. Uh, I said, "Wow, what a what a teaching here," you know. And uh, I had that avocado plant for 
quite a while. And in fact, I brought it to, uh, I was a minister at the Buddhist temple of Chicago at the time. And I, and I used this avocado plant. I brought it and I talked to the, gave a Dharma talk. I don't remember if it was to the children or not, but you see a lot of temples, they have Dharma school instead of Sundays. They don't call it Sunday school. They call it Dharma school for the children. And it's part of the regular Sunday service, the first part. And uh, so we give a special Dharma talk to the children, which is fun to give. You know, you're talking to the children and all the adults, they love it anyway. And, you know, and you can talk uh, in a looser, freer style than you're giving your regular 20-minute Dharma talk from the pulpit to the adults. So I love to give Dharma talks to children. But anyway, uh, I would bring this avocado plant and show it and tell the story and everything. Okay, There's a lot of uh, good teaching that could be developed from this experience that I had with this avocado. And, you know, obviously one of the morals is that if, you know, you, you receive a tragedy, life tragedy, by golly, something could happen. Huh? Something could happen. And you will get a teaching about the, your spiritual growth that, you know, not in spite of the tragedy, but because of it, some kind of spiritual growth and insights took place that would not have been possible, okay, without that experience, okay. It's not despite the experience, but because of it, significant growth took place. Tremendous, tremendous. Okay, I want to introduce our guests to give us a Dharma glimpse today. Uh, Morris Sekyo Sensei is part of our LM3 group and lay minister, third group to go through our lay ministry program. Right now we're up to the LM14. Uh, he was one of the early groups, LM3. He lives in Deland, Florida. Uh, and let's hear what Dharma glimpse he has to share with us today. Hello, everyone. It's nice to be here again. Among other things I do, I'm a chaplain at Stetson University. And one of the best parts of the job is to find these areas where religions intersect, places where Dharma is revealed, even if it's revealed in a different language or a different rite or scripture. I get one of these opportunities every year around this time. The oldest tradition at Stetson since 1948 is the lighting of a Yule log. It started with students and faculty singing Christmas carols around a fire and has since evolved into a multi-faith celebration of the season of light. As humans living on this earth, we recognize that light is essential to our existence. It makes it possible for plants to provide food and make oxygen for us to breathe. Light awakens our minds and hearts. It illuminates our world so we can see clearly. And the coming of light into the darkness reminds us of the cycles of life that we all experience. So it makes sense that the world's cultures seem to universally celebrate the coming of light into our lives during times of darkness. In Buddhism, the spiritual path is defined by the concept of enlightenment, the light of truth, of wisdom and compassion, lighting up our hearts. Many other traditions celebrate this point in the seasons when the darkness of long nights 
begins to give way to longer, brighter days. At Stetson, after we light the Yule log, everyone places a holly sprig into the fire. And as we do, we commit any misdeeds, regrets, or hindrances from the past year to the flames, letting them go so that we can make a fresh start. And then everyone gets a lighted candle. They're battery-operated these days for safety and heads out into the night to get hot cocoa. It's a really beautiful moment because we see the light that we created together carried out and spread through the darkness. This year, because of COVID-19, we ended classes before the Thanksgiving break so that people wouldn't travel and then come back. The traditional time for our Yule Log ceremony isn't until next Tuesday. We can't have big events anyway. So we decided to do something virtually. We lit the fire, and we'll post it online, videos of it and photographs, and then ask people to post their own images. So even though we won't be together in space and time, we can still celebrate our oneness by sharing our light with each other and into our worlds. Well, thank you for your attention. I hope that wherever you are in space and time, that you have a bright holiday season. Thank you very much. Yeah, indeed, indeed. This topic of uh, bringing in light or the coming of light into this world of darkness. Okay? And of course, light means warmth and life itself. I mean, without the sun to provide warm light to our cold planet, yeah, we wouldn't, you know. Uh, it's necessary to for life itself when we think about light. Uh, and, of course, light in another sense means wisdom, uh, the teachings, uh, Dharma teachings. Uh, see, if there's no light, there's no sun. Uh, okay. Very basic, okay, when we say light, okay, the sun. Uh, and dawn, sunrise. Yet if we lived in a world of darkness, uh, it would be pretty rough. Uh, we be stumbling around, can't see where we're going, and it would be <laughs> very different. Yeah. And everybody, yeah, well, I don't know what you call this, uh, analogy, metaphor, or whatever, but we have some darkness as part of our individual you know, personality, life, or selfhood. Yeah. Um, we're not divine beings. Okay. Even though we might be able to shine a little bit, some kind of light, we hopefully can shine a little bit of light in, in, into this world. Yeah. But there's some darkness in us okay, that maybe we're not aware of. And... Uh, <clears throat> So this light-dark theme is uh, very, I think, fundamental for spiritual growth. And um, uh, I think in a lot of uh, philosophies or, you know, um, Greek uh, wisdom, sayings, and all these things, this theme about light and darkness is sort of a fundamental, primal, very basic aspect and when darkness when when the sun sets and the world becomes dark 
okay, where, where we live, okay, depends, of course, on the atmosphere and all that. But in times of darkness, we had to uh, 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 lie still. You know, everybody goes to sleep at night. You know, that's not, not, it's not an accident. That's evolution. Because uh, at night, you don't want to be moving around, you know, broadcasting that you're, that you're around. You might get eaten up. So when darkness comes, okay, us vulnerable species, we lay low. Okay. We might hear the predators prowling around. Yeah, in the dark. Yeah. This is a very uh, fundamental aspect of life. Yeah. And uh, boy, when the sun sunrise and dawn comes, that's that's uh, beautiful. And uh, if we city dwellers, modern civilization. More and more, of course, are removed from agricultural life and being close to nature in that sense. When was the last time we saw you saw a sunrise? Uh, if you live in a city, you might you can hardly see it because of the tall buildings all around. Okay, but to be able to see a sunrise, to be able to see that, you know, first you get the twilight. Okay. They call it a false dawn, but I don't like that word, false dawn. It's just pre-dawn. If dawn means the sun rises above the horizon, and you see that spark of light, bam, okay, at sunrise. Uh, you can't help but turn toward it. You know, if you're outside and and the sun breaks the the horizon, Wow. Okay. And in fact, special meaning to me because my Dharma name, uh, you know, since I'm a PK, preacher's kid, uh, <clears throat> when given a middle name, okay, I was given a Dharma name of Koyo, which I have adopted now as as my identity. Okay. You know, Reverend Gyome Kubose, my father, Gyome was his Dharma name given to him by his teacher. Uh, it wasn't his given name, okay, by his parents. Okay? And he, soon as after he re- became ordained and received his Dharma name, Gyome, he started using it all the time, Reverend Gyome Kobose, Reverend Gyome M. Kobose, okay. But he, did, he, he gave up his secular, <laughs> so-called secular name that was given to him by his parents at birth. And uh, I used my regular name that was given to me by my parents for a long time. And but then I then I said, "Gee, my father uses Dharma name." And when I became ordained and everything, I, I yeah, I should do the same. So I did, and I for uh, that's my religious name, Koyo, to, which means to face the sun. Woohoo! Ko. There's two characters, you know, Ko and Yo. Uh, Chinese written characters and the ko it means the written character means uh, to face toward okay? and yo is the sun S-U-N so bright dawn 
facing the sunrise. And that's that 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 was that's my Dharma name. So I kind of like it because it says that I won't necessarily achieve or realize the teachings, but the least I could do is face toward them. And when you think about it, the direction you're facing, that's 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 to me crucial. You know, not necessarily arriving at a particular destination, but travel in the right direction. Don't worry about, you know, achieving the goal at the end. Hey, it's the journey, baby, the destination. Hey, hey, I'll end on that terrific line. Um, well, 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 season of light. Yes, indeed. And uh, as was mentioned, all kind of events or, uh, you know, affiliation with the university, uh, a lot of uh, virtual gatherings nowadays, and it is a new normal. Okay? I don't know who, who the stockholders are in Zoom, but they must be making out pretty good, okay? Hey, hey, that's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep going, and you have a... Beautiful day. Thank you.